0: Hey guys, it's Sean, and today I'm bringing you one of my special distillation episodes. And today I'm doing the distillation of Danny Meyer. It's a guide to leadership, culture building, and hospitality. And all the distillation is is basically an encapsulation, a synthesis of the ideas the tactics, the strategies, the routines of someone I deeply admire and have learned a lot from. So I've done a number of these distillations. It's basically just a long form exploration into the best ideas I've uncovered, spending 10, if not hundreds of hours studying someone. And we've done people like Bruce Lee, Josh Waitzkin, the astronaut and former Navy SEAL Johnny Kim great restaurateurs like Nick Conis, former Disney CEO, Bob Iger, all of this can be found at whatgotyouthere.com, in addition to Danny Meyer's Distillation, where I have the written format of this, which is much more expansive than what I'll go into today. So let me dive right into Danny Meyer. Uh, And I spent a lot of time studying Danny over the years, uh, both through his books, different talks, podcasts, everything like that. And these are the best ideas and the most impactful lessons I've learned from him. If you're enjoying the podcast, then you might wanna check out some of the other things I'm working on behind the scenes. I put out a weekly newsletter called Momentum Monday, which is just a quick synthesis of everything I've been reading, listening to, and watching during the week. I also do a -a once-a-month deep dive called The Distillery, which is just a long-form distillation on someone whose thinking has greatly impacted me. You can check out past distillations of Josh Waitzkin, Michael Jordan, Bob Iger, Bruce Lee, Nick Saban, and many more. I also have 50-plus book recaps of my favorite reads, so you can find everything I just mentioned and more at whatgotyouthere.com. After five plus years learning from hundreds of the world's most successful people, I've taken the most important practices and lessons and distilled them down into my online course called You Unleash, which is going to help you become the person you know you're capable of becoming. Now, You Unleash is going to help you break free of your old habits and excuses. It's going to eliminate your limiting beliefs and start taking action in ways that will actually get you results. Now, the course has a proven curriculum that has helped people just like you take action towards creating the life they've dreamed of. Well, now it's your turn. You Unleash, though, isn't a quick fix. It's not a magic pill. It doesn't involve empty promises or lofty goals. Instead, it's a roadmap to your true potential. So are you ready to eliminate those fears and become that fully unleashed version of yourself? If so, enroll now by clicking the link below or heading to whatgotyouthere.com. And I'm going to start off with a quote. This is one of the best quotes I've heard. And it's business like life is all about how you make people feel. It's that simple and it's that hard. And this distillation is going to be a lot about hospitality and connection and how you make people feel. So I'll give you a short little bio uh, of Danny uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar. So he's the founder and executive chairman of Union Square Hospitality Group. And he's a lifelong restaurateur. And Union Square Hospitality Group comprises some of the some of them actually New York's most beloved and acclaimed restaurants, including Gramercy Tavern, The Modern, uh, and many more. And Union Square Hospitality and Danny, they founded Shake Shack, um, which is one of the most popular restaurants in the world. It became a public company in 2015. And Danny really grew up in a family that, that relished great food and hospitality. And because of this and his, and his dad's business, uh, he actually got thrown into hospitality, and he just loved it. You see this again and again with the people we study. The passion, uh, it starts at an early age a lot of times, and they find this thing they love so much. But he didn't actually fully go into being a restaurateur until the age of 27 when he opened up Union Square Cafe. Um, and, and he's just been obsessed with it ever since, ever since that, that young age. And so a lot about what we're gonna talk about is what he's learned over time, um, having some of the best restaurants in the world. Uh, he was actually a 2017 Julia Child Award winner. In 2015, he was one of Time's 100 Most Influential People. I mean, he's got award after award, which you can read about on the on the distillation on the website. But like I said, this distillation is going to unpack some of the signature business and life principles that translate to a wide range of industries. So even if you're not in the restaurant business, it does not matter. What Danny te- teaches us and what we talk about is going to be applicable to whatever we do. And some of the big themes, we'll talk about hospitality, how it's for every single business, the never-ending pursuit of excellence, the keys to leadership, and the ways Danny develops other leaders, the essential framework, and practices for hiring and building culture. We dive a lot into the hiring practices because the way Danny approaches hiring, I think is the best I've ever uncovered. And then how to use mistakes to your advantage. So let's start off with Danny's business philosophy. And hospitality is the foundation of his business philosophy. Virtually nothing else is as important as one is made to feel in any business business transaction. Danny says people will say a lot of great things about your business and a lot of nasty things as well. Just remember, you're never as good as the best things they'll say and never as bad as the negative ones. Just keep centered. Know what you stand for. Strive for new goals and always be decent. So Danny is continuing to search for ways to connect with people, ways to make people feel better, strive for new goals. Uh, I just love that. Danny really is one of those people who's just constantly in pursuit of excellence. And he knows that excellence is a journey. It's not a destination, and he goes after this in, in everything he does, um, and, and so make sure that you make that connection with the people, and we're going to dive more into this, and so Danny was asked, what are two of the three most important things for an entrepreneur to succeed, and he says, I think what all entrepreneurs have in common is that their idea solves a problem for people, and it makes them feel so happy that they just cannot wait to share that with other people. And you cannot see failure as a possibility. The third thing is you just got to be willing to work. So there we go. We've got a passion, right? A love of what you do. That's one of the key things. He thinks it's most important. You can't see failure as a possibility. You've got to be optimistic. And the third thing, you got to work. You just got to keep working. And he also says, he says, you need to ask yourself, are you in it for keeps? And he says, it's always worth bearing a higher short-term cost if you want to win in the long run. And I'm convinced that you get what you give, and you get more by first giving more. Generosity of spirit and a gracious approach to problem-solving are, with few exceptions, the most effective way I know to earn lasting goodwill for your business. So that's incredible advice there from Danny. So let's talk now about service versus hospitality. We hear a lot about the service business. Danny approaches it from hospitality and he he starts off some talks and he some, sometimes says, how many of you are in the hospitality business? So most people only think of they're, they're in restaurants, hotels, things like that. And he says, every single one of us is in the hospitality business because here's the thing, whatever your job is that you get to do, you do that. And that only gets you to the 49 yard line. You want to get to the 100-yard lines. The extra 51 yards come from how you make people feel while you're doing the incredible thing that you do. That's hospitality. So service is like just a technical delivery of a product. Hospitality is how the delivery of that product makes its recipient feel. Hospitality is a dialogue. To be on the guest side requires listening to that person with every sense and following up with a thoughtful, gracious, appropriate response. In one of the talks, Danny says, it's like the Japanese word, omotenashi, which means I get pleasure in anticipating your needs and providing that hospitality without expectation of further compensation makes it all the more genuine. Are you approaching your business like that? Think about that, right? Are are, are your technical skills getting you to the 49 yard line, but you want to score a touchdown, you got to get to 100 yards. You need that 51% That comes from hospitality, and Danny has a framework around enlightened hospitality, and I'll I'll read some words that he wrote, and he says, I began to outline what I considered non-negotiable about how we do business. Nothing would ever matter more to me than how we expressed hospitality to one another, and he says, Whoever wrote the rule that the customer is always first. He says he cares about his employees first. That's going to be the most important part of this cycle. And he says every decision we made from that day forward would be evaluated according to enlightened hospitality, and we would define our success as well as our failures in terms of the degree to which we had championed first one another and then our guests, community, suppliers, and investors And so that's the virtuous cycle of enlightened hospitality. Prioritizing those people in the following order is the guiding principle for practically every decision that Danny and his company makes. So that's employees, Guests, community, suppliers, and then investors. And as the boss, Danny realized that he has a greater responsibility to provide the setting that his people can thrive in. And he has to provide the tools that they need to do the best job they possibly can for the customers. You want great customers that are happy customers. Well, make sure you have great and happy employees first. That's going to be really important. That's the virtuous cycle. I expand on this in the in the written format. That's at whatgotyouthere.com. Now, this is one of my favorite things that we're going to dive into here, and that's called the excellence reflex. This this is one of my favorite things I've ever uncovered about Danny. And he says, people duck as a natural reflex when something is hurled at them. Similarly, the excellence reflex is a natural reaction to fix something that isn't right or to improve something that could be better. The excellence reflex is rooted in instinct and upbringing and then constantly hones through awareness, caring, and practice. The overarching concern to do the right thing well is something we can't train for. Either it's there or it isn't, so we need to train how to hire for it, and we're going to talk a lot about hiring. And Danny says he's, he's really interested in this notion of excellence, and he believes that excellence is a journey, and excellence is about honing the work you did yes or honoring the work you did yesterday and all the mistakes and everything you gave it your best, but he says, but damn, figure out how you could do it a little bit better today, and when you see something that can be better, you fix it and he brings up the example restaurant workers are famous for the little things where, where they have their head up they're always looking up and they walk right past those, those little pink uh, sweet and low wrappers and they don't pick it up and they never look down to pick it up it's like if you see something fix it make it better the old saying always leave your campsite neater than you found it and if you can make something better it is your obligation to make it better and leave it better than you found it. I think that's so important, not only for business, but how do we go about our lives, right? Like, can we make this situation, can we make the people that are coming into contact with us a little bit better? I think about it as being a great ancestor. I'm gonna plant a tree today so someone can enjoy shade 25 years uh, into the future. So let's dive into leading and leadership because Danny is an incredible leader, uh, both in the principles and practices he, he talks about, but then also talking to a number of people who've had the the honor and privilege of getting to learn from him under Danny's leadership. And he says that he believes that Danny, leadership is not measured just by what you've accomplished, but rather by how other people you depend on feel in the process of accomplishing things. So he's always thinking about others. And he says leadership is about setting priorities and then exemplifying the behaviors that you want to see in other people. And Danny has three hallmarks of effect, effective leadership. He says you have to provide a clear vision for your business so that your employees know where you're taking them. Next, you have to hold people accountable for consistent standards of excellence. There's that word again, excellence. You have to communicate a well-defined set of culture priorities and non-negotiable values. And then he goes on to say, perhaps most important, true leaders hold themselves accountable for conducting business in the same manner in which they've asked their team to perform. You can't ask your team to perform a certain way if you're not gonna perform that way. I think that's really crucial and one that sometimes goes overlooked by leaders. And so the question was, what makes a great leader in your culture? So this is a question to Danny. And he says, I think first and foremost, a great leader has to express what success looks like. Where are we going and what success looks like? And how are you supposed to behave while you're getting there and consistently shine your light? I look at it like the Statue of Liberty with a beacon of light. And anytime you do something really well, according to what we agreed on, I'm going to shine my light on you. Anytime anything good happens for our company, I'm going to shine the light on you. Anytime you screw up, I need to shine it on both of us. And anytime I screw up, it's going to be squarely in my face. I think leaders who do that make it safe to make mistakes. I will put up with any mistake that do not lack integrity Because that's where the greatest learning comes from. And we're going to dive further into mistakes here uh, towards the end of this. But just look at what Danny thinks about as a leader. I just love this. And let's dive a little bit further into culture. And he says culture is just a fancy word for how we do things around here. And one of the things he says, the biggest thing that any tribe has is common language. And I think that words are the most powerful mortar between the bricks of any culture. Think about that. Think about the words, the common language, the rituals. That your culture, your company, that they have. And one of the things that that I like is that this line: all it takes for something extraordinary to happen is one person with enthusiasm. Think about that, right? Who are those people in your company who have that enthusiasm that bring others along with them? Because all it takes is one of them for extraordinary things to happen. And so, so Danny, we talk about, um, the values, the importance of those. And he says, there's four family values that guide our culture. That's excellence. There we go. Again, doing the thing you do as well as you can possibly do it and figuring out how to do it even better tomorrow, continual progress, right? The next is hospitality, doing the thing you do in a way that makes other people feel better. Next up is entrepreneurial spirit, coming up with a fresh way of looking at a process than the rest of us wish we thought of first. Everything can get better, and the best ideas need to come from people on the front lines. The final of the four values, integrity, having the judgment to do the right thing, even when it's not in your own self-interest, even when no one else is looking. So the four values that build their culture are excellence, hospitality, entrepreneurial spirit, and integrity. And so one of the questions asked of Danny is, how do you intervene when the culture is not where it needs to be and hold people accountable? And he says, you hold people accountable to the family values first. Family values and culture is not a way to tame the waves of the ocean, right? We can think about the uh, the waves of the ocean as the challenges any of us are going to face in life and in business, right, um, with supply chain, everything like that. Those are the waves, But if you stick to those values, you can learn to surf those waves, and you can ride those waves. And then talking about holding people accountable, he says, I'm not going to have a long leash on someone who can, but they won't. Think about someone who can, but they won't. And he says, too many organizations put up with culture-defeating behaviors because they're so good at what he or she does, but that just doesn't work. Right, You need people to be bought into your values and your culture more than you need the talent because that talent is going to become cancerous over time. And, And so one of the things that Danny does an incredible job of is talking about what he's looking for and how to help the other leaders, the managers in his company. And he says my job is to my job is to serve and support the next layer above me so that the people on that layer can then serve and support the next layer above them and so on. I staunchly believe that standing conventional business priorities on their head ultimately leads to even greater, more enduring financial success. And he says a manager's primary job is to help make other people on our team successful. I urge them to use their position to maximize the positive impact they can have on our team. Good managers can have a multiplier effect and add significantly to the company's excellence. And he says the biggest mistake managers can make is neglecting to set high standards and hold others accountable. And then he says overall integrity and self-awareness are the most important core emotional skills for managers. You must be self-aware enough to know what makes you tick. You have to understand your own strengths weaknesses, and blind spots. You need to surround yourself with a team of people who will mirror your integrity, but complement and compensate for your strengths and weaknesses. That's critical. Self-awareness. How many times do you hear that, right? Thinking about uh, an interview with legendary investor Howard Marks. He says, know thyself is the most important thing for any good investor. And there, Danny says, integrity and self-awareness are the most important skills for managers. Are you exploring your blind spots? Do you understand them? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Are you holding up the mirror that's going to provide light on those, but then go deeper and try to correct those? That's important. Another thing that Danny does is he always talks about ABCD, and that simply means always be collecting dots. And what he means by that is dots, a lot of people will just refer to as data, And he's looking for a little morsel of information that matters to the people who come into his restaurant or the people that work for him. Because if it matters to you, then it damn well better matter to me. Because if I want it to matter to you, I better care about something important to you. That's connection. That's how you create repeat customers. That's how you have loyal employees. That's how when the people around you feel more inspired because you care about them. That's really, really important. And one of the people who is really impacted by Danny is the great restaurateur, Will Godera, who ends up leading 11 Madison Park um, and ended up making it the number one restaurant in the world. I have a podcast with Will Godera. He is incredibly thoughtful. And he brought up this story about Danny Meyer that I just loved. So Will, I think he was around 22 at the time. He had just started working for Danny Meyer. So he was so low on the totem pole, right? There was no reason Danny should even know his name. And Will was talking about the restaurant had this really intricate blue painting. And the problem with restaurants and paint is it's going to get scratched, it's going to get nicked. And this was really intricate. So instead of hiring a, a, the artist to come back in, Will took it upon himself. He went out to Home Depot, got a bunch of colors of green to repaint this wall. And so one day he's just sitting there helping to repaint this wall. No one asked him to do this. A manager manager didn't say to do this. Will just took it upon himself. And who comes walking by is Danny Meyer, the leader of the company. And he just walks up to Will, he puts his hand on his shoulder, and he genuinely just says, thank you. Thank you. Two words. I talked to Will about this last week. 20 years later, Will says this was one of the most impactful things he's ever had happen to win business. The leader of the company took the time to show genuine gratitude for something someone did. Think about that. Think about the power you have as a leader. To have that type of twenty-year impact on someone, so I just hope we all think about that. And I'm going to share some lessons that Will Gadera also learned from Danny Meyer. And he says language creates culture. We were talking about that earlier. And Danny has understood how language can build culture and makes these these, these concepts really easy to grasp and understand. So he uses different Dannyisms, little phrases. One is constant gentle pressure, Um, and it's basically a a version of the Japanese phrase kaizen, which is the idea that everyone in the organization should always be improving and getting a little bit better all the time. Another phrase he says is athletic hospitality, and it's always looking for a win, whether you're playing offense, making an already great experience even better, or defense, apologizing for and fixing an error. Next up is be the swan. And Danny reminded us all that all the guests should see us was a gracefully curved neck and a meticulous white feather sailing across the pond surface, right? Not webbed feet. So you constantly want to be gliding through the uh, the, the diner's experience, right? Everything's smooth. The next is make the charitable assumption. I love this one. This is really important, not just for business, for life. But it's just a reminder to assume the best of people even when they aren't behaving particularly well. That's great in the hospitality industry. And as Danny said, we're all in the hospitality industry. And Danny encouraged everyone to extend the charitable assumption to all guests, right? Even if they're being the most difficult. Think about maybe someone cuts you off in traffic. You you never know what they're dealing with, what's going on in their life. Maybe they're complaining about their meal. Maybe they just lost a loved one. Uh, Have you ever had one of those moments where – you automatically just get pissed off the other person and then come to find out the reason was because they had just suffered a divorce or lost a loved one. So take or make a charitable assumption. I love that. And then I'm just going to dive into here what Will Goddard talks about in terms of culture. And he said, Union Square Hospitality Group's culture sent an immediate signal. There's a certain way we do things here, and it's bigger than teaching you how to move through the dining room or how to spiel a dish, right? It's a behavior. Um, That's really, really important, and he talks about the, the meetings Danny used to lead, and he said Danny would ask everyone to introduce themselves with a line or two, and he says, but those introductions were also a meta message. The fact that the head of the company was willing to use at least half of his meeting to take time to hear from us individually made a big impression. It was our first indication that this central concept of enlightened hospitality, the idea that taking care of one another would take precedence over everything else was real. Remember, when you're the leader, every little action you do, every behavior you have is being looked at, and it can have a positive impact or a negative one. So think about the ripple effect that this can have. So make sure you're thinking about that a lot. And he says that Danny always focused on the why, not the what. He always got to the why behind things so people were on the same page. And the line that Will said that really stuck with me He was talking about being in the room with Danny, and he said, just being in the room felt like joining a movement or accepting a mission, a vibrant and exciting community more important than yourself. When you step into your company, do you feel like that? If you're a leader or if you're anyone within the company, why not? How do you make it feel like when people step into that room, it's like joining a movement or accepting a mission? Something vibrant and exciting, more important than yourself. I just love that. I think that's a a really great bar to scrutinize our own teams, our own organizations with. So let's dive into hiring, right? Danny talks a lot about the culture. How do we build out this culture? And it's going to come from hiring. And he says, I first look to build a sense of family amongst my team. He looks to build a sense of family amongst his team. So he says he asks his managers to, to pose themselves three fundamental hypothetical situations when they're hiring. So these are thought experiments he has his managers run. So situation one, think of someone you know well who has an uncanny gift for judging character. So when the person you're interviewing leaves and the door closes behind them, what will the first thing your character says? right? Are they like, damn, that person is incredible. Or like, I don't know about that person. Think about that. The next is imagine your keenest rival in business. Then imagine that the day you make a job offer to the prospect, he or she calls back and says, thanks, but I just got an offer and taking it from the competitor is your immediate reaction. Shit. We blew it or "Woo, we dodged a bullet." And then situation number three, imagine a person with especially weighty opinion, right? So for Danny, it could be a restaurant critic who, who you really care about, right? Like their opinion matters and they drop in unannounced and the only person uh, is the new prospect to serve them. Is your reaction great or is it, oh no. And then finally, does the candidate have the capacity to become one of the top three performers on our team in their job category? I love this thought experiment. I, I love this for setting a high standard and understanding how you deeply, truly, and what your gut instinct is on per, on someone. And then Danny says, I rarely interview a candidate until two or three other managers had first had an interview with him or her. Since our restaurants thrive on a team spirit, I prefer to hire by consensus. I ask our managers to pursue a candidate's relevant job references. I ask them to take personal notes and then rank the strength of each one of the candidates five emotional skills on a scale of zero to five. And I ask them to consider and react to the three hypothetical situations and then listen with their guts. How crucial is that? I just think that's so awesome. So the the five core emotional skills, optimistic warmth, intellectual curiosity, work ethic, empathy, self-awareness, and integrity. He says those are crucial. And then he also says there's nine mindsets and character traits that they hire for. And believe me, this is all just building a mosaic of what this person is that they're looking at. So that's infectious attitude, self-awareness, charitable assumption, long-term view of success, a sense of abundance, trust, approving patience, and tough love, not feeling threatened by others, and character. And so at the beginning of this, I was talking about um, your technical skills. They get you to the 49-yard line. And so this is what Danny calls the 51% solution. And so you're trying to get to 100%, right? When, when Danny's hiring, he looks at the ratio. 49% technical skill, 51% emotional skill you're looking for those people. And he says, it is my firm conviction that an executive or business owner should pack a team with 51 percenters because training them in the technical aspects will then come far easier. Hiring 51 percenters today will save training time and dollars tomorrow. And they are commonly the best recruiters for others with strong emotional skills. Nice people love the idea of working with other nice people over time, we can almost always train for technical prowess. So think about that. Are you just trying to fill the voids with the the hires you're making with technical skills, or are you getting those 51 percenters? And then another thing that that I love is he talks about avoiding the whelming candidates. And it's pretty easy to spot an overwhelmingly strong candidate or even an underwhelmingly weak candidate. It's the whelming candidate you must avoid at all costs because that's the one who can and will do your organization the most long-lasting harm. I mean, overwhelmings, uh, overwhelmers earn your rapes, right? Like we just love them. Underwhelmers, you, they're going to get fired. They're going to terminate pretty quickly. It's the whelmers, sadly are like stubborn stain. You can't get out of the carpet. They infuse an organization and its staff with mediocrity. They're comfortable. And so they never leave. And frustratingly, they never do anything that raises to the level of getting them promoted or sinks to the level of getting them fired. And because you either can't or don't fire them, you and they conspire to send a dangerous message to your staff and guests. That average is acceptable. Avoid the whelming candidates. And next, let's dive into building connection. So he, he brings up this line from the great entrepreneur, Mary Kay Ash. And she said, everyone has an invisible sign hanging from their neck saying, make me feel important. Never forget this message when working with people. I mean, everyone truly is walking around with this invisible sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. But the thing is, it's invisible. It's invisible. So you can't see how brightly lit it is and you can't see the font size. But the biggest thing I've learned how to do was to read the subtitle because every one of those signs has a subtitle and starts with the word by. So make me feel important by leaving me the hell alone. Make me feel important by telling you everything I know. Make me feel important just by listening to me. That is an amazing gift to start to understand that. And now let's dive into learning from mistakes. And Danny understands mistakes are essential on the path to progress. And the worst mistake is not to figure out some way to end up in a better place after having made the mistake. And Danny says, My notion of mistakes is that they are the greatest renewable resource on earth. There's always another one. You're never, ever going to run out of it, ever, ever, ever. We can either hide from our mistakes, we can either deny that we never made mistakes, we can either lie about our mistakes or We could actually put those mistakes to work for us. And he says the five A's for effectively addressing mistakes, awareness, right? Many mistakes go unaddressed. You need to be aware of them, acknowledge them. You have to acknowledge it. And if you're in the restaurant uh, industry, our server had an accident and we are going to prepare a new plate for you as quickly as possible. That's acknowledgement. Apology. I'm sorry this happened to you. How many of us don't want to apologize? Then action, right? Right. Please enjoy this for now. Let me give you a drink right now to take care of this. And then additional generosity. Go further with your guests, with your employees, with the loved ones in your life. And Ultimately, the most successful business is not the one that eliminates the most problems. It's the one that becomes the most expert at finding imaginative solutions to addressing those problems, and lasting solutions rely on giving appropriate team members a voice as well as responsibility for making decisions. This comes up again and again in the people that work with Danny. He gives them responsibility to take on and own their mistakes, own on the possibilities. So I, I love some of these lessons. Like I mentioned, you can find more. Uh, the entire encapsulation of this, additional words, all these insights, hiring references, things like that are in the distillation of Danny Meyer at whatgotyouthere.com. Now, remember, I've done a number of these, and you can find all of that at whatgotyouthere.com. Just go to Momentum Makers and then underneath the distillery tab. Also, if you enjoy this, if you, if you love diving super deep, this is what I love to do, Right. Find leaders, people who are doing incredible and exceptional things, and unpacking what has made them successful, how they've achieved excellence. So if you like this, let me know. Uh, shoot me an email, info at what got you there.com or, sh- or share these on social. Let me know who you would love me to do a distillation on, and maybe I'll feature that person next. But once again, thanks for joining us on What Got You There? You guys made it to the end of another episode of What Got You There? I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way through. If you found value in this, the best way you can support the show is giving us a review, rating it, sharing it with your friends, and also sharing on social. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Looking forward to you guys listening to another episode.